Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome to another episode of Have We Made It Yet? My name is Lucas, the actor, and I'm joined with my co-host here. I am Josh, the comedian, Yang. Josh, the comedian, quote-unquote. The comedian, hey? The comedian. Well, were you knighted somewhere? Uh, no, but Sir Josh, the comedian, would be, would be pretty good. Would be a pretty good title. Maybe it'll be my, it'll be my Dungeons & Dragons character. You know what? I wonder if knightings have taken a have taken an absence right now during COVID. Well, the sword should be at least six feet long, so that should be fine. Like you just have the knight with the sword from distance. That could work. So I've been to medieval times, right? And uh, in the gift shop, they like have those massive swords that you can buy from the gift shop. Oh uh, yeah. Like even just a four foot sword is uh, yeah. damn heavy. Yeah, sword fighting is like is really laborious activity laborious laborious activity yeah laborious activity (laughs) anyways so welcome back to the podcast where two creatives document their journeys in their own creative field of course i'm in acting and i'm joined with my co-host who's a fellow comedian right there Mm -hmm. mr josh yang yes have you made it yet i have not made it yet but i have made a few more episodes of my sleep with josh (laughs) podcast so you know you know you gotta keep building the content up and keep building you know kind of the little projects you have going so but lucas hey you know what lucas have you made it yet you know what one day i will say yes but right now today is a big fat no Mm. um that acting class that i am taking right now yeah it is it is chef's kiss man is it cook 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 uh the teacher is one of the best teachers i've had Mm. and she's actually based in vancouver and we're doing a monologue study so it just feels really cool to understand how to do monologues in front of the computer screen instead of in front of other people because that's the future of auditioning from now on i guess it is yeah but i mean that shouldn't be too bad because i like a lot of the process does involve taping yourself for auditions so a lot of people do do that so Absolutely. But of course, in person, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my God. Our guest today. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So, okay. Um, just a little backstory behind our guest right here. Whew. So, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly new in this acting game. Um, yeah. I was looking at my tax receipts for, for my classes that I first started in 2019. Mm. And I think my first class was in April. So I f- took my first round of acting classes at LB Acting Studio, a great, great studio in Toronto, if there are any aspiring actors here. Um, that's where I got my first taste of acting on camera. I was probably incredibly sweaty during that class just because I-, I generally sweat when I'm nervous. I think, I think that's right. normal, right? Yeah. Right, right. I, yeah, yeah. I can't really talk clearly. It's bad. Um, <laughs> I got over that class and I felt at least comfortable enough to take another round of those acting classes from that same studio at LB acting studio. Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember that exact day. It was a little bit warmer and everything like that, but still I'm not going to blame the warmth for my, for my pit stains because I was incredibly nervous going into that room. Yeah. So I walk out into that room off just off DuPont street take the elevator up to, I believe, second or third floor, make my way into that acting studio. I survey the room that I'm in, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a stacked class. They all look like serious seasoned actors. And mind you, I am now in the class called 
the next step. So these people are mm-hmm. like some credentials in their name. They're, they're right. pretty damn good. Then we all play this acting game. So you, you pick from a slips of paper, um, uh, a line you're supposed to say, like say the line is, oh, hey, look at that bird. And then you pick out another thing and it gives you an emotion that you're supposed to say that line with. Right. So our guest, such a keener, I think he's like one of the first ones to like raise his hand and say go. Yeah. I'm usually never that guy because I'm way too damn nervous to do anything. Uh-huh. So he goes and I'm just looking at him in person and also on the monitor that they have in class. And he's giving me the full spectrum of whatever emotion that he's having a fucking talented guy. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I, I, I don't want to be in this class anymore, man. That's bullshit. Oh, what do you in- standard that high? Yeah. Intimidated, intimidated already. And like, anyways, I'm just incredibly happy that he still calls me a friend and I'm just, <laughs> and that, and that him and I still bounce ideas off each other when yeah. we're studying in class and in monologues and everything like that. Cool. So um, our, our guest is uh, also started recently acting too. And mm-hmm. you can find him on different commercials for La, La, La Toscana and also for Odd Shark. Um, he's a recently new actor and I know he's going to be on big things when and if he keeps on progressing on his craft because he's amazingly talented. So look out for this writer and future director and also actor, Mr. Cheve Lorenzo. Hey. Oh, there it is. Hey. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, I feel like I'm walking in like my boxing ring, like Mike Tyson in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> dude are you wearing a shirt underneath that man yeah 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 you know me i got like a, a low <laughs> low collared shirt yeah okay. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. oh my god how you doing man uh, i'm good i'm good you know just awesome. trying to uh stay busy and keep my head above water in the midst of everything that's going on yeah awesome. so yeah yeah you know as we yeah. ask with every guest that we have on mm-hmm. mr L- mr chevet have you made it yet? Definitely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I feel you. Definitely not, but working on it. Nice. Mm-hmm. On it for sure. Nice. And um, just chipping at it every day. With so. that, though, um, when you first started out on this journey in acting, what, mm-hmm. were, your, what were your original uh, signals that would help you say, yes, I've made it in this craft? That's a good question. Um, it actually had to do with um, being in class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the stories in LB. So I was, I started pretty much just looking around, right? So, you know, I, I knew I needed to join an uh, acting studio. And a friend of mine, her name is Jessica. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a theater actor. Uh, she recommended LB to me. So I was like, okay, you know what? I trusted her. And, you know, I took the class and mistakenly, I actually took the wrong class. So it was called new to LBAS, but <laughs> it wasn't acting for beginners. So, you know, I get in class and, you know, it's similar to Lucas's story. Everybody's pretty seasoned and, you know, they're all theater acts and they're trying to transition into TV and commercials. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm sitting there and I almost feel like I'm, a, you know, I'm just a fish in, in a water full of sharks, uh-huh. right? And, um, you know, I had to do this exercise where I had to really, uh, you know, channel my emotions and pretty much just display a wide range of, you know, going from anger to sadness to yeah. fear. And, you know, I sat in that chair and I can just feel like the, you know, that quiet moment in the room when everybody's really looking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, I just, I went into this zone. It was the weirdest thing. You can't even really explain it. It's just, just this zone that you go into. Uh-huh. And I remember when it just, when it stopped, right? I was yeah. like, I can actually do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because, you know, you, you're always, you're constantly trying to look for, you know, this gratification or this acceptance. 
from, you know, people around you. But, you know, when you, when you finally start to seek it for yourself, that's when it really starts to, you know, pick up and it mm -hmm. happened to me. So, you know, I, I, I took that with me and I ran with it. Yeah. So. Was, was there some, was there like, um, a kind of goal or like end point you had in mind when that pushed you to like take that first class? Was there, was there something in your head that was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. I'm going to take this class. I want to get there. Yes. Fear. Fear. And the reason why I say that is because I wasn't uh, fearful of being uncomfortable uh -huh. because it was something that was really new for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I was fearful of, sitting 15 years down the line with regret wow that's okay. that's what it was uh -huh. it was you know what Shave, if you don't do this this might be one of the biggest mistakes in your life wow and that pretty much drove me to sitting in that class and i'm like you know what everything that we attain in life that is great <laughs> yeah. right it, it's it comes from a place of discomfort or being uncomfortable you know that's yeah. how we we constantly evolve and and progress uh -huh. So I just I just took that leap that leap of faith. That's yeah. very powerful because a lot of the guests that we have on, uh, when we ask that question, they say their end goal was like an Oscar, a Golden Globe, mm -hmm. or at least like millions of dollars or something like that. Mm -hmm. But your real push was actually an internal uncomfortability to to live with yourself if you don't take this risk. And yeah. I think that speaks to a lot about your internal motivations aside from external motivations. For sure, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's safe to say that, of course, you know, Oscars and, and all those awards are, you know, those achievements are, are things that we always keep in the back of our minds. Yeah. Um, but it's honestly, for me, it's just being, you know, I, it sounds a little tacky to say, but it's just being a, a better version of myself, you know, constantly trying to push that envelope mm -hmm. and just to inspire other people. You know, a lot of, a lot of the people that I look up to, you know, whether they be actors or artists or, mm -hmm. or whomever, they continuously inspire me so you know my goal is to inspire people right mm -hmm. maybe there's a maybe there's another chevet out there right and you uh -huh. know he's really looking for that person to to inspire him to make him feel like okay he can do this you know i want to be you know i want to be something like that you know mm -hmm. what i mean so yeah i think that's what constantly constantly pushes me to do this yeah 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 mm. so, was yeah. there a um like a specific actor or performance that kind of like that inspired you uh, oh, yeah. to, to get on this path? Oh, yes. I was watching this TV series. It's a very well-known series. This is us. Mm, right. Now, you know, tastefully wise, I'm, uh, I would consider myself, I really enjoy dramatic pieces. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it just really, it really helps you connect with, you know, with what's happening. Right. And I was watching this is us. And I, I'm a person who like, I've, you know, I barely cried in my life <laughs> and yeah. I started watching this is us mm -hmm. and something just like, it, it really, I don't know. It really just, it really clicked for me, you know? And I just, it just felt so powerful just to watch. And, right. you know, I felt so inspired by, you know, all the acting and, you know, just, just telling a story and being able to relate to it. Mm -hmm. That's really what drove the sword for me. Just, just really watching that. Yeah. Was this pre before you signed on to a class or was that uh, after was, that? No. This was pre. Oh, this, wow. was pre. this is one of the driving forces that, that really uh, got me to sign up for, for a class and, and to get into acting. You know, there's, there's many things that led up to that point, but that was one of the pivotal moments for me. I was like, you know what? I can do this. You know, uh -huh. you just got to have some faith in yourself and <clears throat> sometimes you got to just jump. Right. So, yeah. So, one of the things that acting forces you to do, and also I'm sure Josh can, can attest to this too in terms of um, stand-up comedy, is that it forces you to take up space, emotional space, physical space, because when the camera is on you or the crowd is looking at you, they're anticipating that you're going to deliver something, give something of yourself to the crowd or the camera. At which point, and you touched on this briefly too, at which point did you believe that you were good enough to take a place at the table and also present yourself at the table? That's a good question. Um, I think it was just constantly just, just working, working at it every single day. Nice. Um, okay. You know, it's, 
you know, there's, again, there's those small things, you know, you, you get that gratification from others and, mm-hmm. you know, here's actually another funny story. So very, still very new into acting and, um, you know, Gloria Mann, who is a very well-known casting director here in, in Toronto, mm-hmm. I took a workshop with her and um, I had to premiere a one minute monologue. And I remember, you know, preparing for it. I was stressing. I was like, you know, am I going to get this right? You know, I'm going to mess this up. Am I going to forget my lines? You know, all those, you know, all those active things that, you know, go through your mind. Uh-huh. And I really, really worked on this monologue because, you know, I, I knew that this, this was, this was going to have to be a moment where I had to prove to myself that I was able to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. If it, if it was, if it was going to be a moment, why not in front of this type of person? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I remember I'm nervous as nervous as hell, just, you know, sitting in the workshop and again, I'm like, all right, it's time to just jump in fear. She mm-hmm. asked who wanted to go up, raise my hand. <laughs> right? You were always the first one to go up, man. I swear. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I raised, I raised my hand. I was like, you know what, let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I did the monologue and she was like, wow. She's like, you can actually act. And, nice. you know, hearing that was, it meant some, it meant a lot to me. It, it, mm. it really motivated me. It's like, okay, you know what, if she's, if she's saying this, I can, I can really do this. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's, it's all these driving forces that just keep pushing you and pushing me. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I found a, yeah. I found that kind of a, a very similar experience to myself as well. Like for, several years like amongst my friends i would always like make jokes and stuff um mm. and like kind of floating around is the idea is like josh you should probably give stand-up comedy a try maybe that would work for you and yeah. up until that point like i never really thought about it that much i didn't know how to jump into it and when, once i started taking a class where that that was being taught by like experienced comedians in toronto and i could get their feedback and it was feedback that i could trust then that was when I was starting to realize that like, oh, maybe I can actually write this. It's like maybe when I perform, I'm getting laughs and I'm getting good feedback. So it's it's like going into it with no knowledge or no framework of like whether or not you can do it or not. And then getting that feedback is like really encouraging for sure. I can oh, yeah. definitely relate to that. For sure. And, um, you know, I actually I actually have to thank Lucas. I don't know if I even told him this, but uh, we were in class uh, one day and you know, we go up and, and, you know, we do our thing. And Lucas came up to me at the end of the class and he's like, you know what? He's like, you know, you got some acting chops. <laughs> and, you know, at the time, you know, it's, it's, it meant a lot. And I, I didn't even really notice it because, you know, again, you know, getting, getting this gratification from your peers, it's, it's, it's very important because, you know, we do this for the art of, of, of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to hear good things from your peers and, and people that you're so vulnerable around, mm-hmm. it means a lot. It does mean a lot. Dude, and so, I, yeah. I mean it to this day. Like, I just said it previous. I'm like, dude, you got something, man. Keep it up, man. Yeah. So, you know, constantly just trying to get better. Yeah. <laughs> you touched on that point of being vulnerable and everything like that. Um, in, in terms of, of emotions that you have to display when you're in front of the camera and everything, are there certain emotions that you are still working on to really portray authentically? Or is there some, some emotions that you actually really progress at? Yeah, um, I really worked on, you know, being a... So before acting, I, was, I would consider myself somebody who suppressed a lot of their emotions. Mm. And it's funny as, you know, the, the more you act, you, you discover these things about yourself, right? You know, they say the best actors are the ones that know themselves the best, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I found it a little bit of a struggle to really open up, right? Mm-hmm. To, to feel vulnerable, to feel sadness, to, to feel like you're on the verge of crying, you know, to feel anger because, you know, you feel, you know, you feel these things in real life. Yeah. But for me, I was suppressing these things. And, you know, when I jump into acting, it's now completely allowing these things to, to open up. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it, it, you can't fake these things, right. You yeah. really gotta, you really gotta give it your all. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, that was, it was honestly, that was the challenge for me. Just, just really opening up and, and being vulnerable and remembering what this emotion feels like. Oh, okay. This is what anger feels like. This is what sadness feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
my so, God. Yeah. Um, it, to your point about being on camera too. So auditioning is a really big part of our, of our craft and everything like that. So uh, do you have any like pre-audition rituals to try to get you into that, into that mind frame of say a dramatic scene versus a comedic scene? The thing that helps for me is preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I like to just prepare. I want to feel prepared. Yeah. You know, when you walk into that room, preparation goes out the door. But, you know, I lead, <laughs> I lead up to it, right? It, it helps me feel sane and calm, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And, you know, when I, when I feel like I'm, okay, you know, I'm prepared for this. I, you know, I have a sense of just being really calm. I feel like when I'm the most calm is when I work the best. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I just try and maintain calm and level-headed. And usually when, I'm do, usually when I do that, it, it helps a lot when I walk into the room. And just being confident, you know, it's such a hard thing to do to walk in front of, you know, so many people, important people to be vulnerable and, you know, do, do your job, right? Mm-hmm. And just to be confident and, and doing that, I think it helps, again, with, you know, being prepared. Mm-hmm. So, Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Do you have a kind of like an approach as well to dealing with, because like for, for us, we're all pretty early in this stage and there's going to be a lot of bumps along the road. Like how are you dealing with as well, kind of having your hopes up for a project you think you you really want to get and then maybe not getting it. Or it's like then realizing you completely bombed an audition and like having to deal through that fight through that. Uh, that's a good question. I, um, I, it, it was told to me that, you know, being an actor, there are 98% no's or 99% no's and 1% yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let me prepare for a lot of no's and more yeses. But, you know, even with the no's, you, you, you take what you've, what you've learned and you, and you keep pushing and you keep going forward. Mm-hmm. So that was the mentality, the mentality I had going into acting. I was like, you know what, Shavay? You're going to get a lot of no's. It's, it's a part of life, you know. And I was watching um, an interview by uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. And he nice. actually had a really good point. He said that, you know, as an actor, you know, when you're, when you're trying to, you know, make it and, and you know, you're really trying to be the, this big deal, you know, you're going into the, uh, to a lot of auditions and you're hearing a lot of no's. Right. And then you, you know, all these peers that are around you, you know, you see them booking roles and, you know, being successful. Mm-hmm. Right. But the one thing that you have to constantly remember is you always get the perfect role for you. Um, so you don't need to stress right. about the no's. That yeah. role that is the yes for you, that was the one for you. So I took that mentality and I ran with it. I was like, you know what? Go out there, give it your all. And it's okay if it's a no. Maybe it was for somebody that suited the role more. Maybe they were, you know, shorter or taller or heavier. You know, there's so many, there's so many factors. There's so many things that, that have to do with being casted into something, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know what? Just control what you can control, right? And just keep, keep pushing. There's, you know, there's no's. It's okay. It's all right. Keep going forward. Keep pushing. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there was this one time I actually, um, I let myself slip a little bit. So I had this one audition. And um, I was really excited for it. It was, um, it was this music video uh, that Director X uh, was shooting and directing. Nice. And, you know, coming from, you know, a Caribbean background and, you know, being within the, the energy of Toronto and, and seeing all these powerful videos throughout my entire life that have been mm-hmm. shot by Director X. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a heavy, there was a heavy thing that, that, you know, really sat on me. It's like, you know, this is, this is really important. Like this is somebody that I've seen growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. And just to be in front of that person would just be such an honor. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I really over, over, overthought the audition and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of back and forths and I didn't end up getting it. And it really actually crushed me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I couldn't do anything for like, you know, a little while. I was just, I felt defeated. Yeah. Right. And, um, I was like, okay, this is what you don't want to feel. So, uh-huh. yeah. p- you know, pick it back up and, and just remember not to get too high. Don't get yeah. too high or don't get too low. Just stay right in the, right in the middle. Yeah, be like so, uh, Kawhi Leonard. 
Just you're not like too white. high, not too low. <laughs> oh, be, yeah. a, be a machine. Be a machine. Yeah, just be a machine. I think that's what really helps. Yeah. yeah. Dude, in, in terms of your anticipation and your and your desire to actually get that role, um, can you can you go into a little bit more about just because I think it's really beneficial to a lot of listeners to understand, of course, the highs, the extreme highs we go through as an actor, and it's also the extreme lows. In that one audition that you prep for, and of course, did not end up getting, can you go through a bit more about the uh, emotional map that you experienced as you were preparing and also getting the news that you didn't get it? Yes. So, you know, it's, you know, your agent sends you the, the email, or the text, hey, you have an audition. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very confidential, so you're not quite sure who it is, but you know, it's an opportunity. You're very excited as an actor, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, Shave, you know, just just be prepared. Just you know, pay attention to what they're asking you to do, because again, it's you know, it's a big mistake that a lot of actors do, right? You know, they sort of mm-hmm. just get into like this actor thing where they're not really paying attention. It's constantly reminding myself, okay, just just do what they say, you know, and yeah. and, and 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 that's it. So just again, trying to be really calm. And I felt really confident walking into the room. And um, I was like, you know what? I feel really good. This, is, this one felt good. You know, you, you have yeah. those, those auditions where it's like, you know what? That felt good. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's funny because you know, I don't usually get those a lot. But I was like, this one feels real good. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I think, I, think we're, I think we might get this one. Yeah, And yeah. Um, again, it's going, I was going really high, right? And... Uh-huh. You know, walked out, felt good. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get this." So you know, you're constantly checking your phone, waiting for that, oh. waiting for that, uh, that grueling, that grueling text that, "Hey, you booked it." <laughs> and my agent was sending me, "Hey, you know, casting is is checking if you're still available for the shoot." So I was getting those type oh, of, man. those mm. type of of uh, emails. So I was like, "Oh, okay, we're getting closer. <laughs> we're, we're we're real close now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right and emailing back can you please let me know like what's happening what's going on because you know I'm just I feel like I'm just getting eaten alive inside because I want to know what the answer is right uh-huh. and then there is nothing mm. <laughs> flat flat line uh-huh. and that crushed crushed me at least right mm-hmm. so you go from this super high to that super low and yeah that was pretty much the the experience of that and I was like yeah that that would hurt yeah. I really I really wanted to get that one but again you know what really helped me pick back up was like there'll be other opportunities down the line. Don't don't sweat it, Shreve. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know, I'm always constantly reminding myself of these things. Right? You know, awesome. it's okay. It's all right. It's there's gonna be more opportunities down the line for you. So just yeah. keep going. Yeah. Dude, to your point about the um constantly checking emails, I, I legitimately recently well before this whole COVID thing happened. Um, Because I think it was honestly like messing with my mental health in terms Mm -hmm. of me constantly refreshing my email after every audition and even in anticipation for auditions, checking my email every 10 minutes. And it it got to a point where I was almost obsessing over my phone and my inbox. So now as just a little uh, method for myself to keep myself a bit more calm, like I literally put like a two hour break on my phone to say, you're not touching it. You're not going to do anything with this. So that at least gives you an escape to just Mm -hmm. be okay to neglect it for a while. Because again, we want every part there is that is, that is being sent to us for an audition, be it for money or creative reasons that we want it or just Mm -hmm. screen time. But to understand and to your point, I think it's a great thing for our listeners to hear too. Like the part that you book are the ones that are meant for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, Can you like expand a bit more about like, uh, what you felt when you initially heard that from Michael B. Jordan? It was, oh my goodness, that is, that is like, it was like mind-blowing to me, yeah. right? Because, you know, sometimes we, you know, we have thoughts, but we can't put a finger to what it really means. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's just like, oh, you know, and I'm not getting those auditions, but, you know, just, it's okay, keep going. You know, you go up and down. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, this means, this means something. This means to me, this means it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's what it meant for me to my uh-huh. ears. I was like, I, I'll be fine. Right. Cause again, you know, in this game, it's, there's so many no's and it can really take a toll on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 
but it's okay. The no's are for a good reason. They're, they're not just because, oh, you know, you know, you're, you're just, that's it. No. Uh-huh. Right. It may feel like it. It may just feel like they're like, nope, somebody yeah. next, but it's okay. It's, they found the right person for it. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Great point to never take it personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't take it personal. There's so many things that we cannot control mm-hmm. when it comes to casting. Yeah, Our yeah. job as actors is just to be the best when we walk into the room. That's it. Mm-hmm. We just, we put it out on the line and, you know, we like casting, do what they got to do. And yeah. it, who's not to say that maybe they remember you because of some performance that you did, even though you didn't get the role. You know, you hear all these stories uh-huh. from actors, you know, big time actors or even, you know, people that you know. It's like, okay, you know, I didn't get the role for something, but later down the line, it actually worked out for me. So just constantly trying to be optimistic about, you know, opportunities. Absolutely. Um, opportunities don't always come straight into your face. Uh-huh. They're not always right in front of your face. You know, they can, they can be down the line for you. Right, 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 so, right. Yeah. Josh, I also meant to ask you this. Like, say an audience doesn't, say, say a joke falls flat and, and the audience doesn't laugh at it. Do you, do you take it personal? Oh, no. I don't, I don't think I, I would take it personal. That's, I guess that's also one, that's one thing where you can kind of see a lot of new, like amateur comedians where they, they do really take it personal. Like mm. something they thought was funny, they go up, try it in front of the audience. If the audience doesn't laugh, it's immediately like a, a reflexive uh, deflection type of reaction. So it's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm funny. It's your problem. Like it's the audience's fault yeah, yeah. that they're not laughing at my joke. Uh, you know i don't know what's wrong with the audience tonight it's like i'm funny like fuck them that's <laughs> that's that's like <laughs> one of the kind of initial like ego driven elements like if you're an amateur comic and i think it's that kind of mentality in my mind i think it takes some time to get over it mm-hmm. if if you're kind of going in it into the role in kind of like really an ego driven way. I mean, all yeah. comedians have like a certain amount of ego because you're, you're standing there by yourself. Of course you need to have some ego in order to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a lot of ego driven that is a little toxic to the approach. So like if you get deflexive or uh, deflective towards anytime the audience doesn't laugh at something that you said, and you don't acknowledge that maybe it's how you're structuring the joke, how you're delivering the joke, like mm-hmm. the actual fundamental process of crafting the joke, yeah. then you're just not acknowledging the work you need to put into, mm-hmm. into the jokes. So you're just putting yourself back. You're holding yourself back in, in my mind. So like if a joke does, essentially you want as a comedian, when you're developing your material, you want to know when something doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like if something does work, great. You can kind of check it off. You can try it some more and see different kind of reactions. But if something doesn't work and doesn't work consistently, then mm-hmm. that's the more constructive feedback because then you know that something's wrong. I need to work on it. I need to change it. Yeah. So whenever I see that, I think I feel like the mentality of the comedian still needs to get to that point where it's not about you. You, you shouldn't take it as like a personal thing because it's, most of the time it's just the material. Like you mm-hmm. can change the material. Nobody is going to be really up there thinking that you're an asshole just based on how you look. Cause they right, don't know right. anything. They don't know anything about you until yeah. you tell them what you think or what your joke is. No doubt. And then it's what you say that, you know, determines whether they think it's funny or what it's not. Yeah. You think it's funny. So yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. Like in order to get better, like you gotta, you gotta, not take it personally you gotta you know be willing to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and then stay strong in your approach and your mentality that i'm not gonna take it personal i'm just gonna work on it great to 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 Chevet, and also based off your point josh mm-hmm. um we talk about being vulnerable and and being almost a synonym to being vulnerable is like not being ego driven in terms of our craft and everything um, in what ways have you brought that towards your, your acting craft? In what ways have you tried to be vulnerable? Sorry, in what ways have you tried to be vulnerable outside of acting? Um, in life, with, you know, family, with friends, 
you know, I think practice, you know, practice in real life, this helps fuel your acting. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're creatures of habit, you know, if, if it's, if it's going to be working through this way, through real life, through things that, we, that we're doing every single day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect your acting, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just constantly just, you know, remembering that, you know, again, you know, this is, this is all practice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. This is it's, like, it's sort of like, you know, you know what you want to work on, right? Uh-huh. So work on it. Just, just make it. Just make it so that you become better, be better. Sorry, a better person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is, isn't that the hardest thing, though? It's it's acting almost sounds so. It I think it's a wrong word at times because when I say acting, I think of like like inauthentic. I think of artificial. Mm-hmm. But the essence, if you really do want to break it down to it, like the most the best actors that we know are the most authentic people, or at least we believe them to be the most authentic, like Timothy Charlemagne, uh, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, you know, Jimmy Fox. He's a fantastic mm-hmm. actor. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I, think... I went... <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, no, you can go. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm just wondering, like, in, in terms of, of being vulnerable, like, what are their depths of emotional wealth that they have to actually portray something in the most inauthentic scenario? when again, the lights are on you, when the camera's being pointed at you, when there's a whole crowd of people that are behind the camera, how mm-hmm. can you be vulnerable? You know? I think it's, you know, through the, the work that they do, I think it's being, if this even makes sense, I think it's being comfortable with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a level of comfort you need to get to in order to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Again, acting is such an intimate moment between two people or even with just one person on the screen yeah but even though it is a very intimate moment there are hundreds of people behind that camera uh-huh. <laughs> right so it's it's getting comfortable with you know just understanding that you know break break past that you know just i need to be comfortable with with this intimate scene that i'm that i'm about to do even mm-hmm. though there's so many eyes that are watching me you know and also I think what maybe helps for them is they know that everybody who's there, you know, it's a village and they're all in support of them mm. being the best version of, of whatever they're, they're dishing out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe those are, those are things that probably help them. Absolutely. A great point about that because it's, we, we talk about acting as if it's a singular sport, as if you're in this alone, but no, mm-hmm. usually at least you have a scene partner usually but if not even if you are in a single single shot there is at least a camera operator there is at least a director there is at least a whole bunch of other people that are behind the camera in support of you too so so you touch upon a good point like Mm -hmm. it may feel lonely but it's definitely not because everyone is rooting for you Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's a it's a team it's it's a team effort you know it is it cannot be done with just one person. You know, mm-hmm. every person is so intricate to the system and so important, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's there. You know, we all have to make this work, yeah, yeah. right? So they're going to be in support for you. They want to they wanna see you be successful. You know, you're a representation of, of, of them. You know, if you look good on that camera or whatever you're doing, whether it be a film or TV or commercial, mm-hmm. you know, it's a representation of that total teamwork. Absolutely. Right? Man yeah hey speaking on that the word has it on the street that you have something that you are planning on filming yes um it is a a short a short scene um mm-hmm. at first i so usually what i do is when i'm feeling inspired or you know if i have an idea i, I throw on my camera and i record right i like to record mm-hmm. um different characters you know how they speak, you know, their mannerisms, their cadence, you know, just for some reference for, for myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just go on impromptu. I just, I just improv a scene or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh And this one specific time I was just improvising and I came up with the scene because there's a, there's a, a part or moment when I was really into, even though this may actually sound dark, I was really into just dark drama. And I think the, it was a reflection of watching a lot of like Handmaid's Tale, and, you mm. know, just very dark, just very dark dramas. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that sort of inspired my brain in some sort of way. So I was, you know, I was really, really looking to, I guess, capture that. Mm-hmm. So I was just, um, you know, in my room recording and uh, I sort of came up with the scene where, you know, this, this husband, right. He, he loses his wife to, you know, I guess a drunk driver. That was sort of mm-hmm. my thought. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to somebody, um, you know, whether it be for help or, or, or for anger, for whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Right. And so, you know, I just recorded it and, you know, it felt pretty good. I was like, you know, that was a, that was a pretty cool idea. Awesome. Um, and then I revisited it a couple days later and then I really got inspired by, by an idea. So I came up with, you know, the story, you know, I want, I want to do something that's a little dark because for me, I'm such like a bubbly guy and, you know, I'm so, you know, just to, just to be a complete opposite of that. I think yeah. that's sort of, it almost feels like a test for myself, uh-huh. if, if that makes sense. So I was like, okay, I want to do something that's really dark. So I came up with this idea of, you know, there is this, this person, he is recovering from cancer mm-hmm. and he finds himself in a AA meeting. And the reason why he's in this AA meeting is because, you know, just to tell the, to tell the story quickly, he ends up, um, you know, he, he's like a regular guy, you know, he, you know, goes to college, you know, he, he, he finds a job, he meets his, mm-hmm. his, his fiance at the time, right? You know, life is good. And then, you know, also with this person, he is a, a he comes from a religious family or background, but he right. doesn't consider himself religious. He's more of a spiritual guy. So he's always having that constant tug back and forth between, you know, belief in God. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, you know, his life is really good. And he starts to feel slow. He starts to slowly see life trickle down. So he finds out that he has testicular cancer. Right. And the reason why I decided to use testicular cancer is because I wanted to represent something that was very strong because this is a family guy. This is somebody who wants to have a family one day. Mm-hmm. And because of this, you know, life is starting to fall apart because, you know, there's a, there's, there's friction between his fiance now, you know, um, them, you know, battling with now believing that they might not have kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there it, it goes to, you know, life, life is going up and down and, you know, it, it takes place sort of in the holidays during Christmas and, you know, Christmas is a festive time, you know, it's, yeah. it's for family, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the moment where, you know, everything is really going good. And, you know, he has his sister there, his, his parents there, right? His fiance yeah. who's there. And at the time he's taking um, chemotherapy at a hospital that's close to his sister's house. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's staying the night and he sends his fiance and his parents to an Uber because they have to go back home. Mm-hmm. Right. And he falls asleep. You know, you have a good time. You drink, you pass out. Right. He hears a knock at the door and it's an officer. The officer tells him that his parents and fiance died in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, okay, now I need to get behind what happens. So his parents and fiance are in an Uber driving home. Uh-huh. The truck driver ends up, you know, missing some stops or, you know, he's trying to make up for time. So he's tired. So he falls asleep on the wheel and then mm. he kills, kills, you know, you know, this character's uh, family and this character is mm-hmm. completely broken and just angry at life and, and depressed. So he then, he then develops a drinking, you know, a drinking problem mm-hmm. to, in order to suppress all of this pain. Mm-hmm. And his sister, who is pretty much the only person left in his life, is like, you know, what, you need to get your life back together. Yeah, yeah, and you need to go to to AA, do something with yourself. So he finds himself in this AA meeting, and he's sitting around, and he's completely angry and, and broken, and he's hearing all these people talk about religion and faith, right? And the reason why I did that is because you know a lot of people who are trying to have a second crack at life, they tend to turn to religion. Mm. You know, it brings it brings people together. It's it's mm-hmm. it's forgiving. It's forgiving. Mm. And, you know, here comes this guy, he's sitting there and he goes on this rant about, you know, there being no God, there being no faith. You guys are all stupid. 
how can there be how can there be a god when all this stuff has happened to me in my life and all these things have happened to you in your life yeah, yeah. So, you know they see this intruder in their in their safe haven their their safe space and pretty much that's how that's how the um the scene the scene goes is pretty much just takes off from there nice so mm, yeah there's a there's a lot of a lot of backstory that i wrote in order yeah. to use as reference because i'm like if i you know if i need to go to a dark place i need i need a point of reference for myself yeah 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 mm. so just going into the mind of just you know creating creating this character and, and and what happens so nice yeah nice yeah um dude can't wait to see it man when it does get filmed everything yeah. are you uh so you're still in the process of like finishing up the script yeah um right. now that you know sort of a blessing and a curse since you know, this pandemic <laughs> yeah. because i actually had planned on shooting it it was pretty much going to be getting shot now or even last oh, month. okay um but what i'm going to do is i started rewriting it a little bit i might extend it mm-hmm. um yeah so you know just just going back and working on it since i have the time now to do it nice so yeah but as soon as this is all over i'm definitely going to be shooting it so nice. i'm excited for it i'm, I'm going to really challenge myself you know, I feel like it's it's going to be a challenge as an actor. You know, another yeah. milestone. You know, to you know wear a couple of hat, a couple of hats. You know, you know, co-directing it. You know, I wrote it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm acting in it. So you know, it's we have you know as actors, we're creative people, right? And we're all creatives in this in this podcast, right? So why not yeah. exercise that muscle? Yeah. And for sure, you know, I love it. So yeah. yo, to think quick on your feet. I think now is a great time for this word association thing. Yeah, let's do that. Try it out. All right. All right. Should we, um, actually, Josh, you want to go first on this one? On this sure. One yeah, I could do first one. All right. Okay. So go with uh, the words, first word, and then the first thing that comes to your mind, and then we'll just chug right along, initial reaction, all that kind of stuff. All right. So clear mind, uh, your first word, family. Home. Pineapple. Fruit. <laughs> Rain. Uh, gloomy. All right. Alone. Isolation. Motivation. Inspiration. Kumquat. Kumquat. <laughs> <laughs> Kumquat? Kumquat, yeah. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fruit. I always I always throw that in there just to like just to throw people off. Um all right. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a fruit. It's like what? That it's like what's the first other word that's out? Anyways. <laughs> uh all right, next word. Mountain. Climbing. Tightrope. Oh man, see, I was fine the entire podcast, and then suddenly there's some issues with my internet. Dude, you're good. You're good. All right, all right okay. Let's let's try. Uh, Tightrope. Falling. Satisfied. Huh. Um, accomplishment. Ending. Beginning. Mm. Cool. cool those are my 10 nice all right man all right clear your head get loose feel mm. it get in a moment get in a moment man remember i gotta get lumber i gotta yeah, get yeah, lumber dude. all right yeah, all right okay first word fire hot <laughs> music inspiring clean Peppermint. <laughs> Peppermint. Nice. nice. <laughs> Hurt. Pain. Contact. Solution. <laughs> Past. Future. Human. Vulnerable. Error. glitch mom everything wish reality mm. nice cool 
That about wraps it up. Hey, that was, so much that, was harder, that was harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Dude, uh, thank you for playing our second installment of this word association, uh, word association game. Yeah. Almost got me sweating. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, like, you don't know exactly what your first reaction is going to be. Sometimes yeah. like, oh, should I stop myself? And then it's like, oh, who knows? Yeah. And then you have, like, a million words flying in your head, and you say, all right, just pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Love it. Um, where can people find you on your on your uh, social media feeds today? Uh, pretty sure all my social media handles are at Shave Lorenzo. So it is at S-H-A-V-A-E-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O. So Great. follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Amazing, cool. amazing. Want to go, Josh? That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram, Twitter uh, at Josh Yang Comedy, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. And uh, yeah, continue listening to the Sleep with Josh podcast. Uh, <laughs> it it is coming up every week. So yeah, see see what new stuff I'm reading uh, on there. So Sleep with Josh, you can find it on all of the podcast, other podcast platforms. Uh, but yeah, Lucas. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Lucas John Ng, L-U-C-A-S-J-O-H-N, and the two-letter last name, N-G. Um, please click the follow and subscribe button on our YouTube page and also Instagram pages at H-W-I, no, sorry. Oh, my God. H-W-M-I-Y podcast. Yes, on Instagram and have we made it yet? Question mark podcast on YouTube. Yep. Awesome. Great. All right. Thank you so much again, Chave. Thank, Thank you, you for so uh, coming. It was a, it was an honor and um, it'll be fun when we're at the top of the mountain yeah. reflecting on, on this, you know? So I wish everybody honestly the highest of success and, and continue to mm-hmm. continue to do this, continue to inspire yourself, your peers, your family, everybody. I so love it. It's um, it'll, it'll work out. Trust me. Awesome. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, guys. It was a pleasure. Great. Thank you. Stay safe, guys. All right. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there. I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to.